everybody. Welcome to the wood shop where we talk about, that's right, not a wood shop. We talk about anything but. Really the whole premise is, is me, my friend Chris here. We have a wood shop that we do tinkering, build random stuff in together, but we don't actually talk about woodworking while we're there. This is kind of a just a a push on some of the stuff we do talk about, which is anything. Everything. That's right. And today we're actually going to be talking about the 1996 film Jerry Maguire, starring the one and only creepy as fuck Tom Cruise and the sweet angel face Cuba Gooden Jr. and the ever so popular Renee hashtag I show leg on my IMDb profile picture, Zellweger. What do you think about that, Chris? Uh, so you're really taking it dark here right away, but that's okay. Uh, there's a couple other people we should uh, make mention of. Uh, uh, Jay Moore is in this one. Uh, Jonathan Litnicki. Uh, can't, can't exclude those people. Regina King! Uh... <laughs> Uh, but so let's uh, let's uh, let's go back to where this movie is uh, is based off of. What where is this based off of? Well, so the movie premise is Tom Cruise is a very successful sports agent, and he gets tired of the bullshit of the corporate everyday rigmarole and decides to go out on his own, do his own thing, and the only client who decides to stick with him is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. And, uh, yeah, it goes from there, and it's just all about his struggle, finding love with the one employee that decided to follow him on his journey. And you get a little bit of that sexed-up Bruce Springsteen secret garden in there um, towards the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, initially, uh, this movie is, is really loosely... And I use that in a great term, loosely based off of uh, the the life of Lee Steinberg. Um, I did a little bit of research on some of Lee Steinberg's clients. Um, so the, the premise of the movie is that the guy goes through a hard time and a downtime, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just about, well, I think it's more of a realization that what he's doing doesn't really matter, or at least what he's doing doesn't feel right to him. Now, you know, as far as Lee Steinberg goes, I'm not sure a lot of his uh, a lot of his clients, but he's uh, he's a pretty big name when it comes to sports agents. And well, that sorry about one. that. that yeah, that's a little bit of what we like to call the chestnut burp. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, Lee Steinberg he. He did go through some uh, some downtime in his career when when he had some issues with substance abuse. But let me just take you through some of the some of the clients that Lee Steinberg has had. Uh, if, if this movie's based off of loosely based off of this guy's downtime, help me out uh, when you hear about a downtime in this guy's life. I'm just going to take you through some of the clients that this guy's had. We'll go back probably way before you were born. Um, 
during the 1970s, Lee Steinberg uh, represented players like Don Warren with the Redskins, uh, Guy Benjamin with the 49ers, Nick Lowry with the Chiefs, Warren Moon with the Houston, then the Houston Oilers. During the 1980s, here were some of his clients, and this is just this is just football clients. During the 1980s, Brent Jones, 49ers. Bruce Smith, Buffalo Bills, Carnell Lake, Steelers, Daryl Johnston, Dallas Cowboys, Derek Thomas, a great linebacker for the Chiefs, Eric Dickerson, running back for the Rams, Howie Long, defensive lineman for the Raiders, Jason Garrett, quarterback for the Cowboys. Okay, maybe that was a downtime. Yeah, a real crap factory. Yeah, okay, but here's a couple more. During the 80s, he represented Steve Young, a quarterback for the 49ers. Troy Aikman, a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Are we seeing a downturn in this guy's tick? I don't think so. Yeah, okay, so let's move on to the 1990s then. Um, Drew Bledsoe. Edron James, Jake Plummer, Jeff George, Javon Kurse, Joey Galloway, Junior Seau, Cordell Stewart. They're down ticking this guy's career yet? Not just yet. Okay, we're not done. Uh, how about uh, how about Ricky Waters? How about Ricky Williams? Ricky Williams, all right. Great at rolling them blunts. Okay. Russell Maryland, great player for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, maybe this was his downturn right here. He represented Ryan Leaf. Yeah, and he did file bankruptcy around 2003, but that's probably due to the massive alcoholism. And all that other good stuff, but he's always been a pretty solid, uh, solid sports agent. Maybe not so good with the cash money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Here's a here's a few others that he's that he's represented outside of the NFL. Tell me one of these that would indicate a a big negative downturn in his career. Evander Holyfield. No, I don't think so. No. Lennox Lewis? He's big into the boxers. Yeah. Oscar De La Hoya? There's a lot of uh, folks there. So, yeah. So, this guy's not had a not had a real tough life. Now, substance abuse, divorce, yeah, I suppose that can, uh, that can take its toll on you mentally and physically and emotionally. But, so... For us to say that this movie is loosely based on this guy, I think that's a bit of a misrepresentation. What do you think? It's a stretch. But he did represent Patty, hashtag Big Dick Patty Mahomes, who just won that Super Bowl, um, which is pretty impressive. But really, we've gone quite a long time talking about Lee Gosh Dern Steinberg. Let's talk about the creator, the writer, the influencer, the big woodland Cameron hashtag, don't call me Cameron Crow. Is that an 
official hashtag that he's put out there? No, no, no. All right, so we'll just not roll. even a little bit. Just roll with it then. We we'll just, you know, Cameron Crow. We'll call yeah. him. We'll call him Cameron Crow. All right. What do you got? Well, Cameron Crow's uh one of my favorite directors. He's into all sorts of shit, but he's uh, he's most famous for you know Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, Vanilla Sky. Um, he also happened to run a little bit of something called uh, writing for Rolling Stones for several years. That's how he got his start. He's written shows like Roadies. He did the movie We Bought a Zoo, which is uh, perhaps his worst failure because it makes... What year did that come out of? 2011. Long, long time ago. He not did too long ago. No, definitely not. But he's done a lot of different... A lot of different projects, a lot of different successes that you don't think of him as one of the greats, but I really I really think he's probably one of the greatest directors in our generation. Um, where where did he get his start? Well he was writing for he was writing for Rolling Stones and then he apparently he wrote the film didn't direct, but I believe he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He wrote the spring screenplay and the book for it, which is um, if anybody's ever heard of it, one of the bigger films of the 80s. Yeah, it was back in 1982. He actually uh, got, had a lot of uh, very young actors and actresses came into that. Uh, people like Jennifer Jason Leigh. Spoobies. Okay. Eric Stoltz, Judge Reinfeld, who we know went on to prominence with the... Uh, uh, it's actually Judge Reinhold. Oh, yeah. What did I say? You said Reinfeld, but Reinfeld. I think you might need more beer. Maybe. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Nick Cage, Forrest Whitaker, Sean Penn uh, are all in that movie. So he, he set the stage for a lot of young actors' careers. Um, I kind of want to touch back on, on what you were talking about where he was talking. Uh, he wrote for Rolling Stone. He was he was touring with a lot of bands, interviewing them, and, and a lot of bands like the Allman Brothers, Yes, Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, and I don't know if you've heard of this group or not. Um, it might be before your time, but the Eagles. I've seen the Eagles live uh, in 2010, walkers, wheelchairs, and all. They were a treat. <laughs> They, uh, a few of them. Yeah, they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty old, but yeah, he dipped into just about everything as far as covering bands in the uh, in the seventies, sixties, eighties, whatever you want to call it. Um, which is, uh, if you've seen the film Almost Famous, that's a lot of what that movie's based on. The writer in that film is based on Cameron Crowe. Um, and that's a that's a pretty slick movie to watch if you've uh, if you've got time I'd recommend it. But we're here talking about Jerry Maguire, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of these actors and actresses. We've got Tom. No, that's not me masturbating in the corner of the Starbucks cruise. I don't know what that reference was to. Maybe you can fill me in on that a little bit later. Did you know that Tom Cruise was actually born Thomas Cruise Mapother the Fourth? I hate everything about what you just said. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I didn't know that. Um, you've obviously done a little bit more research than me, but I do know that he's a creepazoid now. Now, back in the day, he had quite an array of films that turned out well. He did, uh, his first two were Taps and Taps Endless Love. Then they did The Outsiders, which is kind of a coming-of-age film that would, that ran for a well sure well run and did pretty good. But then uh, then you've got his big break, Risky Business. Yep, where 83. Yep. He had his little dick flopping around and then whitey tidies. Then, you know, a couple more items. Losing It, I am not familiar, but he yeah. was in that. Uh, all the Right Moves, Legend. Then he came out with the big daddy of them all, Top Gun. The uh, it sucks that you have to say this, but the first one, because they're putting out a new one, but the first Top Gun film. Um, then he did things like Rain Man, Cocktail, Days of Thunder, Born on the Fourth of July, Few Good Men, Interview yeah, with the 90, Vampire. Ninety two, Few Good Men was really really good. Uh, Ninety three, The Firm came out. Um, great movie. 94, he did Interview with a Vampire, which... I thought it was dynamite. It was a bucket uh, of sexual tension. And uh, homoerotic arousal, I think, if I had to say it. was a really crappy movie. uh, No, it was was the bombs. He played Lestat. How about uh, how about the '89 Born on the Fourth of July? I think that may have been where he really started coming into his own. I think he definitely uh, he definitely waggled a little bit in that. He did really well. That was a great movie. Uh, uh, I then, think then you his... followed that up with a few good men, The Firm, again interview with a vampire, and then ninety ninety six drops Jerry Maguire. Okay. Same year as Mission Impossible, which was a dynamite film as well. Really? That dropped that same year? Same damn year. <laughs> but, right. yes, Jerry Maguire came out in 96, and that was, in my opinion, probably one of his best films as far as an acting performance. Sure, sure. So, so uh, the guy that he dealt with, the actor that he dealt with... Uh, most closely in this movie was uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. who played Rod Tidwell. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. didn't have a a real strong... Um, yeah, so Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, who played Rod Tidwell, um, he, he didn't have quite the extensive acting background as far as movies were concerned. Uh, that Tom Cruise had uh, 91 uh, uh, Cuba Gooding uh, came out in Boys in the Hood and never seen that one but then he was in radio yeah I don't see when that came out but um, 92 The Machete Kills A Few Good Men um, 95 Tuskegee Airmen which I think was like an HBO special 95, uh, later in 95 is, I think, where he really started to hit it, uh, Outbreak, which <laughs> in these days is kind of an important movie <laughs> to watch. I would recommend everybody watch that one. And then again, 96, Jerry Maguire. In radio. Uh, and what year did that come out of? I don't know, 2000-something, but he was dynamite. 
Yeah. So okay. So I'm tending to focus on the movies that they're in pertaining to the time period of the Jerry Maguire movie that we're discussing. Yeah, but radio. Okay, radio. Oh. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, I derailed with my love for Cuba Gooding Jr.'s goatee. That's all right. Yeah. So, uh, Renee Zellweger uh, plays Dorothy Bay. That's right. Uh, yeah, and you, you made mention of her legs at some point. Yeah, in her IMDb picture, she really throws it down with, uh, she pops her leg out of her dress, and it's, uh, it's not bad. Um, anyway, but she was in a few movies before, I guess, if you want to call them that. You've got a taste for killing. Then you've got murder in the heartland. And then Days and Confused, which is one of the best films ever. She plays, yeah, yeah, 93. Yeah, she plays Girl in Blue Truck. So, what a great obviously film. a huge role. Yeah, big role. Yep, she uh, played Tammy, Reality Bites. She was in 8 Seconds with the guy from 90210, Dylan. Um, and then uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, which is one of them they filmed, you know, 10 years before that, but they finally got the right, so they posted it because Matthew McConaughey was also in that. Yeah, 94, that came out in 94. She also came out uh, or, or had a minor role in, uh, or may I, oh, shit, I'll have to look at my notes, but 94, she was in a movie called Love and a 45. I haven't seen that movie yet. Um, but I'll have to look into that. Early 96, she came out uh, with uh, The Whole Wide World. Haven't seen that one either. Um, couldn't tell you shit about that. It was basically uh, her first bit of career was just a bucket of uh, rabbitism. But then she had Reality Bites, which was good, and then uh, Empire Records, which is a dynamite film. And then uh, Jerry Maguire, which is where we're at right now. Where we're at right now. Let's move on to uh, little uh, little uh, Jonathan Lipnicki, uh, who plays Ray. Cute little kid. Uh, his uh, I didn't I didn't delve into him a whole lot uh, because his first big role was uh, Jerry Maguire, nineteen ninety six. So now we can move on to uh, uh, Jay Moore. Um, who plays Bob Sugar. Um, and... A.K.A. Head Douchebag. Yes. Um, and... I, I haven't looked into Jay Moore a whole lot. I, I know that he's got a, a podcast somewhere. I haven't been able to find exactly where it is. It's called More Stories or something like that. Um... But the, I think Jerry Maguire was his was his big kicker into into the film industry. So he's in everything, but known for nothing. Okay. Is the basic way to say it. He's always a cameo in something like Scrubs or CSI Miami or CSI New York or CSI Buttfuck Pennsylvania. He's in one of those. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, there's just you know. He's really not, he's kind of a funny guy. He's always been around and always been known, but he's never been that big of a deal. 
Then you got Jerry O'Connell, who plays Frank Cushman, who's kind of like your stereotypical quarterback. Who? Well, who would you? Who list. would you? Who would you uh, closely relate Cushman to? Tom Brady. What? Dude, he looks just like him, and he's kind of douchey, like Tom is. Now, I mean, obviously, Tom Brady's come out with a lot of cool things he's done cool. since, but now. Why is Tom Brady douche? I don't know, because he has everything everybody else wants, and his, his wiener's probably real, real big. Like, I bet it runs... He has to duct tape it to his knee so it doesn't waggle loose. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just nature to hate the Patriots where we're from, which is anywhere but where the Patriots live. Um... You know, there's a lot of other characters in there. Kelly Preston, Jay Moore. Yeah, today Kelly Preston, uh, her big claim to fame was that she was married to uh, John Travolta. Yep, this is you true. you think she might want to rethink that decision in her life? I mean, JT's kept it real. Uh, real. Real weird. Real. Well, real weird, real uncomfortable, real creepy, and uh, real closeted. But hey, what are you going to do? You know, that's what he do. But I'll tell you one thing that this movie's pretty dope. It not is. Gonna lie. Yeah, so let's get into the movie a little bit. Um, story flow and all that. Uh, what'd you think about all that? Oh, dude, I love Jerry Maguire. It's one of my favorite movies. Now, this is going to show my age a little bit. But when I was a kid, that's right, my age is young. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I remember watching this movie and just walking around screaming, show me the money! Like a little, I don't know, like a little money-grubbing douchebag. Well, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I, I thought this movie was just about the shit. And I don't know why I liked it so much, because I was young. I didn't know about really what the movie was about, but there you go. Um, I liked, I, and watching it as an adult, I liked the story. I love the fact that it, it's about a character who quits while he's at the height of his game. He's the top agent in the top firm, but then he's like, you know what, fuck this. We're not representing people, we're representing the money. He goes in there and that dumb guy, he got hit in the head playing footballs, kid is all like... See, it was actually hey, hockey. Whatever, it was a it was sport. He was like the biggest stormtrooper, foreshadow trooper. Super trooper VR warriors couldn't drag your father away. Yeah, and the kid's like, fuck you. Like, he realizes the humanity of it all and then changes his move, moves around to do something different and really represent the people. Now, did Lee Steinberg do that shit? Probably not. I don't know that he cares about anybody right now but himself. But, needless to say... Mm. What? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, needless to say, <laughs> this movie's about about Jerry Maguire, not Lee Steinberg. I, I really, I really, really liked. Um, there was one point in the movie where, going back to Kush. Uh, hold on, hold on. Where he, all right, uh, where he goes. And talks with uh, Kush's dad and, and Kush. And Played by the ever-popular Bo Bridges. Yes. And... Uh, Main pot player for the Bridges family there. 
when he thinks he's actually got them locked up, um, there's a scene where he's driving away in his vehicle and, and there's a series of songs that he's playing over the radio. Um, and, and the first one that, that comes on is Bitch by the Rolling Stones. Uh, and then th that doesn't work well for him. So he switches the station and then it goes into uh, uh, Angel of Morning. And then he changes that out. And then there's another song. And I, on my research, I couldn't fucking find what that damn song was. So maybe anybody that ever listens to this can help me find it. Um, but then it goes into uh, Free Fall, Free Falling by Tom Petty. Um, and I think that was kind of a moment in the movie where they were kind of telling you that, um, what was about to come because he was at the height of his, of his rebuilding his career. He had just gotten a quote unquote handshake agreement with Cush and now I'm free, free falling. And that's exactly what happened to him. He free fell. For the rest of the movie, he free fell until the very end. Uh, That's and, true, because um, as we find out, he didn't end up signing old Kush. Yeah. He, uh, they basically fucked him over a barrel, and then he just signed Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, and that was his client. Yeah. So he went to some little, you know, I don't remember what exactly the name of the event was, like a sports agent hangout. Well, it was the uh, draft. The the NFL draft. Yeah. I think I may have missed a couple of things. Yeah, um, but it maybe rewatch a little bit. Yes, it was the NFL draft. But yeah. <laughs> the funniest part is uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s characters walking around. And some little person walks up to him and is like, are I you know. Hootie? Are you Hootie? Like, he's Hootie in the Blowfish, Hootie, Darius Rutger, bad country music scene, Hootie. Yeah, and, uh, he wasn't country music back then, but... Uh, now he is, bad yeah, country music. But yeah, that, that, was, that was very funny. He, and I think Cuba Gooding Jr. Pet played that. He's, he's like, no, I am not... Hootie. <laughs> the Dr. Evil. No, Scott. We do not know Mini-Me. We don't gnaw on our kitty. Um, but yeah, he definitely uh, definitely didn't like being called Hootie. And that just, that just magnified the fact that nobody knew who Tom Cruise's one client was. Who Jerry's one client was. But he made this whole scene in his office before where he said he's not going to just flip out um, as he flips out. And he steals the fish. Steals fish, yeah. Steals the fish. And Renee Zellweger, who is, what, is she like a receptionist or something? Uh, she doesn't do much there. Um, she's just Dorothy Bay. Yeah, and because he wrote a memo. No, no, no. It was a mission statement. Sorry, a mission statement. He wrote a mission statement that she agreed with. And so she followed him. She quit her job. She upended her life with her little eight-year-old dipshit son who... Why? 
five-year-old dipshit to be son. A dipshit. He thinks the human head weighs eight pounds. He's it not does. a dipshit. He's a smartass. That's what yeah. he is. And the creepy nanny who likes blues, specifically John Coltrane. See, and I think those interactions between Tom Cruise and 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 Jonathan Lubnicki were really, really pivotal in in the way the story rolled because you could see the relationship between between Tom Cruise and and Jonathan building. You could also see the relationship between uh, Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise pulling apart. But then there was also Rod Tidwell, Cuba Gooding Jr. was kind of like that filler um, that was, there was no reason for, for the relationships uh, to, to end because he always had that thing with with Rod Tidwell that was holding everything together. The, his relationship with Rod Tidwell and his representation of Rod Tidwell was what saved his marriage in the end. That's true. I mean, that's true. But he also, I mean, the thought is that maybe he jumped a gun getting married to old Dorothy. Um, because, you know, they had these second thoughts. They had these last minute thoughts. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we really haven't brought up too much of the movie. So we've gone over Tom Cruise plays Jerry Maguire, a famous big dick baller agent with a big old hairy scrote. And he's doing his thing. He's doing wow. well. He's doing well in his agent business. <laughs> in the agency. And, uh... Agent business. Um, but he Those movies you did later. So. Yeah, he did the, the fuck films later. Eyes Wide Shut. Um, oh my God. But uh, he... Uh, so he's this big time agent. He's doing big. Then he decides, you know what? One day, this isn't fucking working. We're not representing our people to the best of our abilities. So he quits, essentially. Brings this old girl with him. She's not an old girl. That seems weird. She brings this dime piece, Renee Zellweger, with him. Dime piece is not a great representation either, but try she, again. She brings Dor he brings Dorothy with him. There you go. And uh, they got the one client, Cuba Gooding Jr., old Tidwell. And uh, he gets him signed with the Arizona Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he starts doing pretty well after a while, and it becomes, you know, his biggest client, also his only client for a while. Well, Rod was in his Rod was in his last year of his contract. He was about to become a free agent, and and he wasn't a real popular player, and and that was that was kind of the whole premise of the story. Is is Rod needs to change? Jerry needs to change. Um, to make everything work. Except for that little boy. He didn't uh, need to change. He kept it real. No, that little kid was great. And the nanny. He was a bad bitch too. Listen to that Coltrane. He was not a nanny. He was an au pair. Well. Whatever the fuck that means. But, uh, uh, okay. Au pair uh, equals. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, after the au pair conversation happened, yeah, he uh, he did his thing, and then he fell in love. He fell in love with Renee Zellweger, and... Yeah, I think the most important part of this 
the whole storyline of this movie is is the the changes that happen within all the characters and and within each other um obviously jerry changes uh, he realizes his inability to be alone uh he needs somebody and he finds that in in a in a child that's not necessarily his a wife that is not necessarily his to begin with but becomes that um, so I think I think the way they develop the characters within the, within this movie and throughout the storyline is is really good um, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. ties it all together because think about it the whole movie is essentially about, in my mind, it's essentially about Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger and, and little Jonathan Lipnicki. It's about forming a family. Now, what brings it all together? It's Cuba's part. It's, yeah, it's Cuba Gooding Jr. He's the blue. He sings at the it wedding. All He's yeah. the... Yeah. He's the main man, and I think if we really want to get down to brass tacks, the star of the film is the little guy who played Cuba's son, oh little Tidwell, whenever he goes, <laughs> the boogeyman is back! That was just about the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I did giggle at that, but... Uh, and Regina King's in it, and she holds it down. She's in a couple of things right now. Uh, she did pretty. get nominated for that uh, little award they call an Oscar this last year for If Bill Street Could Talk. Yeah, And she's in the that. current HBO series Watchmen. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. But, yes, anyway. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, it's, it's a love story. It really is. And then you've got just... Your two figures, and then you've got the one orbiting them that helps run their life into the right place. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful story. I think beautiful. I think the the essential essence of it is you they use the word beautiful. Yeah, I did. Okay. I used the word beautiful. I'm yeah. a human. I have emotions. Right. I am kind, loving, uh. and all that other dumb shit people say. Um, there right, we go. All right, here comes the truth. But uh, I do think that it definitely was a sweet love story, and then you get around to the part to where so where every other movie ends is whenever the couple meets, they fall in love, they get married, the end. But then in this movie you have, they meet, they fall in love, they get married, then they go through some shit. It's a little rocky. And they think about separating. They get close, and then, you know, they have the, they have that pivotal moment. Yeah, right at the end of the movie. That pivotal moment. Right at the end. Where of the movie. you had me at whatever, and you it, had me at hello. Yeah, and just it is just gut wrenching. And I know I don't want to be cliche or whatever. It's a couple of bros talking here, but that was some sweet shit right there. You had me at hello. That was cute. And uh, then you got old Big Dick Springsteen laying down that secret garden, just bringing the heat while she's talking over the music. It'll get your guts wrenching. It'll get the jizzy jizz moving. It'll do everything you need. 
to get you in that emotional place to enjoy a movie. Um, yeah. But at an honest level, it is, it's a sweet story. And uh, it's nice. They build the soundtrack in there. It goes really well. And uh, it's it's really good. So, All right. All right. So let's... Uh... So let's uh, establish a, uh, when we rate a movie, let's establish a uh, rating system. Uh, so we're going to go scale 1 to 10, uh, and you can go wherever direction you want to go with this. Uh, so, so for me, um, so scale 1 to 10, 1 being just really shitty, uh, 10 being the greatest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh, so I'm going to put Jerry Maguire at a 7 with a half thumbs up beside it. Alright, I'm going to put it in 8 boners. 8, eight. hard, veiny fucks. <laughs> because it was an excellent film. You're obviously not the best one ever, but an eight boner is a pretty good rate, pretty good rating here in uh, 2020. Eight, eight, eight. Eight boners, man. You're so you're going off of uh, like jerk off boring, ratings. Like so, you're going with uh, like yeah, it's boing 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 like boing, uh, boing, like boing. A, like four penises fully erect, one halfway erect. I one said eight veiny so, fucks. Okay, all right. I just uh, trying to get a get a read on what your uh, rating system's going to be there, so. Well, it could change from movie to movie. I mean, I won't give Fast and the Furious eight veiny boners. Fast but, uh, and the Furious. What are those? Oh, my God. We may get into those in a future juncture. I will never. Well, we'll see. Um, but <clears throat> that is our segment on the great Jerry Maguire and we may get into a few more Cameron Crowe films. We can look into that. Yeah, if you if you want to comment and say, maybe I'd like to see you review uh, Almost Famous or any of the other ones, or maybe I don't want as much big dick jokes or anything like that, you can let us know uh, in the comments section. But other than that, I think we're pretty well wrapped up. Uh, I believe next week we're going to cover NFL Free Agency. Um, you know, since it started about three weeks ago, um, we've got a lot going on in the world today, but I believe we'll have time to cover it. Uh, we'll talk about how Tom Brady is decided to be a Tampa boy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the biggest free agent signing in the NFL right now. Definitely, as far as name recognition goes i don't anyway we'll talk about it next week that's awesome seth hey we'll look into that we'll do some research look into that seth and I always enjoyed it yep and as always go fuck yourself america <laughs>